Welcome to Conversations with Leaders, where we talk with cloud leaders from commercial enterprises to the public sector, hearing their perspectives on innovation at scale when it comes to people, culture, and organization. Welcome back to Conversations with Leaders. I'm Jake Burns, Enterprise Strategist with AWS, and I'm joined again by uh, Mark Webster. Mark, thanks for joining us uh, again. Uh, we're going to dive deep on the lessons learned uh, with uh, voice design and cloud. And um, maybe we could just start off, are there anything off the top of your head, top lessons that you learned uh, in your voice design career in general? I think the biggest lesson was that for a guy who had spent most of my career in, in product design, realizing that there was a voice is a lot more similar to other mediums than it is different. That it when it first came out, it sort of and as as a designer getting used to working with it, it felt super foreign and different, uh, and that you were completely starting from scratch as far as the experience that you had and what you could bring to the table. Uh, but the big the big insight was that design process that the way you make great digital experiences for other mediums works for voice as well, and that you need to go through that process uh, in order to build great voice first experiences was probably like the biggest lesson learned in that you need to have regardless of the medium, whether it's web, whether it's mobile, whether it's voice, whether it's augmented reality. Uh, you should start with a design-first approach, and it should be collaborative, and you should prototype and make it interactive and iterate. Um, that was probably the, the biggest lesson. And then the second lesson was, and I would say this is probably more maybe an emotional lesson too, was uh, <laughs> that nobody knows what good voice design is yet, that it's okay to... You know, it's okay to to step out and say you don't know, uh, primarily because nobody knows, and the importance of being really of getting comfortable being uncomfortable, and mm -hmm. the importance of trial and error, uh, and the importance of just continuing to to push forward and to put yourself out there. Right? I think when you, you know, once you have done something for a while, you're used to having answers. And you're used to having experience, and you're, you know, used to maybe people listening to you in a meeting, a meeting, because you know what you're talking about. Uh, so when you jump into something new, and you don't know, that's pretty intimidating. Um, but not knowing because no one knows is very, very different. And right. one of the things that you know, when I talk to a lot of people in the creative community about voice, I. I, I try and speak with authority and expertise to the importance of design process and the way you go about figuring these things out. But I never give best practices. I never give tips. Mm. We, you know, I, I haven't, Adobe hasn't put out, this is what makes good voice experiences content that tells you sort of how to of what of what it should actually say, right? We we put out stuff that mm -hmm. talks about the process for you to arrive at creating the right experience, uh, and so just being clear in your head of, you know, what what to speak with authority about, what to to leave to the community, and then being comfortable in those lines, I think, is the are like the big lessons that 
let's say transitioning from a design career to something that's more of like a voice design career has has mm -hmm. stuck with me. Yeah, so very similar to kind of any new technology or new uh, undertaking. Uh, I mean, I went through this myself and I've seen several others uh, do the same, you know, which is enterprise cloud. Um, you're used to having the answers and being looked to for answers and, and being able to um, be an expert. And then you're dealing with something completely brand new and being able to just be okay, you know, embracing that beginner's mindset and, you know, perhaps looking stupid or asking a stupid question. You know, what I found is that the people who are able to overcome that and able to do that are the ones that end up being, you know, they kind of repeat that again in this new discipline. Um, and the people who don't, the people who hold back and the people who are not willing to put themselves on the line and, and experiment and try things and perhaps fail, uh, perhaps fail many times, are the ones that don't learn and don't kind of achieve that, um, you know, that subject matter expert position again. So it's very interesting to hear you talk about this uh, in, in, uh, with voice design. Uh, I had a very similar experience with, uh, with Enterprise Cloud. Yeah, I think one of, the, one of the benefits of the creative industry, at least, that I've experienced is you can also kind of do it on your own, right? So uh, if you are a chef, sometimes you're going to be cooking the big meal for the customer, or, you know, for the VIP. Uh, but you're also just cooking at home and you're getting, you're experimenting, you're trying stuff and you're going to create dishes that aren't very good. Uh, you know, if you're a screenwriter and you write movies, you're also just writing a lot, right? And so you get better at writing and you can edit it and sometimes you're going to write something and it's terrible. Uh, and so when it comes to design, it's sort of the same thing. It's really easy to continually create stuff and play with stuff that nobody will ever see uh, in order to get more comfortable with it. Right. And so I think for especially for design and for voice design, I think that's something that m maybe it lets your kind of experience and expertise get ahead of your years, that you're not capped by how the professional opportunities that you have to engage in something in order to get better at it. It's kind of almost like athletics, right? It's kind of as much as you want to put <laughs> into it is how, is how much you'll get out of it. Uh, and so... I think for design and especially for voice design, you know, putting your head down and digging in a lot uh, just lets you get more familiar with it, build up expertise, and then be able to talk to other people and hear what they have to say. And like, you know, I have to say voice has a pretty strong community. Um, there's a certain portion of my Twitter feed that is the voice <laughs> community of people now who I've been talking to for years. Um, and so I think that, you know, for, for creativity, that's definitely one thing I've, I've enjoyed about um, being able to sort of practice the craft. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, uh, creative, uh, you know, uh, people, they, you know, professional creative people have kind of had this mentality for a while. It certainly wasn't the case in IT, you know, where we were in a essentially forced to have a strategy of get it right the first time um, when building, um, you know, infrastructure on premises. Uh, if you got it wrong, it was very costly and very time consuming. And so like training people to think about uh, changing that strategy to, you know, conceptually to only having to get it right once, which is the case in cloud, where you can try things many, many different ways, dozens, hundreds, thousands of times before you settle upon uh, something you want to uh, actually live with. And then even then you can change it uh, continuously, which is something that I advocate for, uh, con continuous optimization of, of, of cloud infrastructure. 
uh, it's a bigger shift, I think, for IT folks than probably for uh, for voice designers. Um, it is, but that's that's a great point. I never really thought about that. Uh, cloud has enabled technology and technology decisions to become so much more iterative and creative. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, when when access to technology is so democratized and everybody has access to essentially the same world-class technology, uh, that the creativity about how you build those solutions and how you piece it together and even how you iterate through it, right, makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense and becomes in and of itself like a big competitive advantage. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, we're taking IT people, like just enterprise IT people, and turning them into creative uh, workers, right? It's become a creative discipline. Uh, designing cloud systems is, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, we're establishing best practices and guidelines and those have been established, but in a lot of ways it's still being developed. Like the best ideas haven't been thought of yet. And so, you know, you have this opportunity to be highly creative. And for a lot of people, you know, who, who are in IT, this is the first time in a long time or maybe the first time ever that they're in that position. So I'd say there's, there's a lot of lessons we could learn from, from people like you. Um, you know, uh, I think I think we should talk about this kind of stuff more often. Are there any particular challenges associated with voice that that you think may be unique to what you do that that don't translate well to other disciplines? Yeah, I think when it comes to any medium, right, they, it has its its strong points and its um, possible points of breakage. I think with voice, you know, there's a couple of practical pieces. So there's this, the environment that you're going it's, to, it's delivered through a piece of hardware, right? So if that is a single microphone on a mobile device versus seven microphones on a smart speaker versus some other third-party device that you as the creator or the service have never interacted with before. Like, I think that's probably the biggest challenge, right? Is that there's a there's going to be a piece of hardware that is part of the experience and part of the interface that like you don't really have control over. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that's why understanding context of the user is really important. But I think that's that's one huge challenge. And then the second challenge is that voice technology and voice recognition is impeccable. It has you know a, a high 90s uh, success rate for speech recognition when you can anticipate who the user is going to be. Uh, and mm. it's kind of backed by a data set that matches who that user is. And so whether that is an accent regionally, you know, from country to country, whether that's an accent regionally within a country, you know, a New York accent and a Southern accent, uh, very different, you know, whether or not that's somebody who has a deaf accent, whether or not that's somebody who has, um, you know, developmental issues and, uh, that impacts their speech. So like knowing who the user is, there's all these pieces of just the delivery of the experience before you even get into like the design of it that are a challenge that need to be figured out. And we've had those same challenges in, in other platforms too. You know, I mean, the, the way assistive tech is used on the web and what those experiences are like are, you know, a whole bunch of challenges and lots of companies still don't get that stuff right. So I think mm -hmm. that's, sort of one of the big challenges. And then again, I think the second challenge is to, you know, not to harp on this, but that it is so new and that there's nothing to lean on. Uh, you know, I can, if I'm going to build a mobile app, I can go pull down 
Google's material design framework, Adobe's Spectrum front-end framework, uh, and have a whole bunch of components already ready to use that have been tested for accessibility that are, you know, are built on best practices. Uh, and then you get to, to voice and you're start, starting from scratch. It's a blank canvas <laughs> staring back at you. Uh, and then it's also that of, of you know, we, we talked about a little bit before, but just like what is your creative approach going to be? You know, so mm-hmm. a lot of these interactions are created with this metaphor of a conversation with a person, uh, which is a design approach called skeuomorphism, which we see in digital design all the time. Uh, when the desktop mm-hmm. you know, first came out, it was based on the metaphor of a desktop. And there was a little trash can for me to crumble up a document and throw it in, and it made the noise of getting thrown away. So like, I understood what it was when the first iPhone came out. Uh, all the icons were, you know, the, the, the movie app had a little clapper from film. Um, you know, the actual design of all the apps, the games app had green felt in the background. The books app looked like a wooden bookshelf. You know, context like had like a little leather bounding with a fake stitching graphic, which is very classic. Uh, and then we kind of evolve out of that. And you look back on it and it kind of almost feels ridiculous a little bit. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think we're at a point where this skeuomorphic approach to, to conversational design is going to be good for some stuff, not good for others. Uh, you know, there's conversations about whether or not kids should say thank you to Alexa, which feels a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. If nobody, nobody thanks the washing machine for doing its job. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, at some point we'll look back and it will feel like we had no idea what was going on. Uh, and so I think that's the, the, that's the biggest challenge, right? It's just there's a whole bunch of practical stuff to know. And even as a designer, you need to know that practical stuff. As a designer, you need to know like the piece of hardware it's going to be delivered on. Uh, but then also that of what is the right design approach? Like, what's the starting point? What should mm-hmm. it be? You know, should it have a name? Should it not have a name? Uh, those are the kind of questions that you typically don't have to answer anymore in other digital design that there's still so much unknown that, you know, I and, and I think some of that uh, those unknowns get assigned to the medium. Right. Is that people mm-hmm. think voice is good for some stuff, not good for others or you know, that uh, a voice platform has promise or doesn't have promise when there was like a lot of terribly designed experiences that were being delivered to people. And the problem wasn't the medium and the problem wasn't the platform. The problem was that people were building horrible stuff, right? I mean, there's tons of, Mm -hmm. there's tons of mobile apps out there and there's something like 90% of mobile apps in the app store never get touched past 20 people that like know the developer. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the right. importance of yeah. creating great stuff and understanding that stuff, I think, is one of the, one of the big challenges that I've seen both individuals and, and companies kind of have to grapple with. Especially with this, I could see that being extremely powerful. Um, from a leadership perspective, um, is there anything specific that, that you could share with our listeners on uh, what, what you do to keep your team moving forward in a constantly changing environment with all this new technology? Yeah, I think that from a leadership perspective, it's important It's important that you as the leader understand new technology and understand right. how to... So even if you're not the developer, uh, you need to understand how voice technology works conceptually, right? And I think right. being able to have those informed conversations <laughs> will, let you, will let you set reasonable expectations for your team uh, and help sort of gut check reasonable 
timelines to build stuff. Um, and also for you to understand like where the edges of the technology are, like what it's going to do well and what it's not going to do well. Uh, so I think understanding what's going on from a leadership perspective is definitely the first part. Uh, the mm -hmm. second part is, you know, I, I, I actually think that I think cloud technology and cloud services is changing everything so rapidly that I think there's really like three competitive advantages left. Right. So one is data. Like if you have all the data, that's hard to compete with. If you're YouTube, you and I could go build a better YouTube tomorrow, but we don't have all the videos. Right. So that, that's going to be hard to compete with. The second is design and creating better experiences uh, and yeah, creating the thing that that somebody's going to prefer to use over the other thing. But then the third is, and this is where it comes to the technology and the team piece, is just speed of delivery. Like that is really it because everybody has great technology now. And there are very few instances where there's like some proprietary tech or some proprietary algorithm that nobody else has um, that the speed at which your team can move, the speed at which your team can deploy stuff, the speed at which your team can iterate on stuff. Like I think from the technology perspective, the pure technology perspective, speed of delivery is the only competitive advantage left. And so I think mm -hmm. that under, understanding the importance of delivery for a team and then you as a leader doing everything you can to, to unblock that process, right? And, right? and it might be, you know, understanding what makes good voice experience from a product perspective, but then it's also understanding like, to make sure CI doesn't keep falling down, right? Like to make sure that just like the basic building blocks of getting, you know, master working well and having a healthy deploy process and like getting stuff out the door is literally like one of the three pillars of, of competition. So anything that you can do mm -hmm. to unblock your team and move faster, I think is, is crucial for any new tech. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with all of that. That's a great answer. You know, um, I want to, I want to dig deeper on some of this. Um, you know, you talked about as a leader understanding how the technology works. You know, of the of the you know the product or the the team that you're um, that you're that you're leading. Um, I, I find that that's a particular challenge for a lot of leaders. You know, especially if you haven't uh, come up through the ranks, so to speak, and have done their job. Um, you know, this is I think this is an opportunity for for a lot of people. Um, because I, I've definitely noticed this: the, the leaders that are successful, they do somehow manage to do this, whether they already understand it or if they go out and learn it. But it's also um, a bit tricky to know kind of where to draw the line. Like, how much of this do I need to learn, um, and and how do I go about doing that, and what resources are available to me to obtain this information and understand it um, at the appropriate level, you know, for 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 any individual person. So is there any advice you can give on how to go about doing that? Say you're a senior leader of an organization and your company uh, is implementing voice design. Um, wh where would you start and what would you recommend? I think an important starting point is you as a leader need to have a natural curiosity, right? So I, d I actually don't think mm -hmm. you can fake it. So I think if you think that you need to learn it just because your job requires you to learn it, I actually don't think you're ever going to wrap your head around stuff the same way you will if you have like a natural curiosity. So I think that's just sort of the starting point and being honest with yourself about, are you curious? Do you want to learn this? If you're not curious, 
figuring out a way to sort of work around that. Um, but I don't think you can, you can fake that curiosity. Um, the second part is if you do have that curiosity, I think the most you can do to get your hands dirty with whatever it is, uh, there's also people on your team who, who do know this stuff, uh, who if you're curious, like they'll be happy to talk about it. You know, I consider myself fairly technical. Uh, serverless at times is like still a black box to me. Uh, and every day I go to pick up lunch with uh, my buddy Scott, who was CTO of SaySpring. We sit next to each other every day. Uh, and we have conversations just on the way to pick up our lunch and then at the lunch table about serverless, about, you know, he's, he's a developer, he's highly technical. And so just me asking questions of, you know, I'm, I'm never going to build serverless apps, uh, but I'm c- compelled to understand it because it's going to change how we build stuff and how we, like, I don't think you can be a good product leader if you don't conceptually understand this stuff, even if you don't piece it together yourself. Um, and so I think the people on your team and who you talk to, uh, and then again, you know, I think so much of this technology has been democratized and, you know, anybody can go create an account on a cloud service and go look at the dashboard and see all the crazy stuff that's there. It feels like it's growing like a longer <laughs> list by the day. Uh, and the stuff that seems interesting, you go to YouTube and you, you know, do a search on it and you see tutorials. And, you know, it might be, you know, something more technical, but it might be some AR tech or some 3D modeling thing um, to see what it is, you know. And again, I've, you know, I watch all technology companies have conferences and they have uh, all these new announcements around cloud services that I've never used. And so I find somebody who I know and I ask them, like, why, why that's important. And then they explain it to me. And you learn about the value of a message bus, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, and so just that idea, right, of like the curiosity. And then, you know, if you hopefully if you're if you're if your job depends on this stuff, then you're also surrounded by people who know this stuff. Right. And so this is why I think the value of teams and having good culture and leadership is all about, you know, connecting with one another and, and having those that shared knowledge. Because I I feel like the, the teams that can operate well with one another and then you know, have that that finger feel around the technology and then working with one another and then can get stuff out the door fast like that. That feels like, you know, how in in today's world you as an organization wins. Absolutely. Well, Mark, this was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining us for these three uh, parts of this podcast um, and sharing your experience and knowledge with us. I truly enjoyed it. So uh, hopefully we could do this again sometime in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was a lot of fun.